You are listening to the podcast Water X Future, presented by Aquaporin. We are Mette Mølgaard and Josefine Auderas, and we will be your hosts in this podcast series. Maybe you haven't heard about Aquaporin, but it's a water technology company based in Denmark, and it's dedicated to natural water treatment. Aquaporin works to preserve one of our most valued resources, water, by combining advanced engineering, biotechnology, and aquaporin proteins. In this podcast, we talk about water and all the opportunities and dilemmas it contains, technologies rooted in nature, the purpose of innovation, and the spectrum between science and humans. If you listened to the last episode, you might remember that we focused on bottled water consumption and its devastating effect on our planet's clean water reserves, marine life and ecosystems. In this episode, we will take a look at how industries can achieve more sustainable production patterns as we dive into the link between water pollution and water scarcity. We will speak with Anurag Mutgal, Indian coordinator from the project India H2O, working to develop, design and demonstrate water treatment systems for saline groundwater and for domestic and industrial wastewaters. We also speak to Søren Robenhagen, who is sales director for industrial water at Aquaporin, and Adarsh Raj, who is global account manager at Aquaporin. Welcome! Many industries, such as the textile industry, consume large amounts of water. On a global scale, more than 80% of wastewater from human activities, such as automotive manufacturing, is untreated when discharged into waterways. The textile industry is one of the largest sources of water pollution and driver behind water consumption. In fact, 20% of all polluted water streams can be traced back to the treatment of textiles. When water is not used responsibly, it can lead to decreasing water supplies to households around the world. The Sustainable Development Goal 12 has been formulated by the UN to ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. Worldwide consumption and production, a driving force of the global economy, rests on the use of the natural environment and resources in such a way that it continues to have a destructive impact on the planet and its ecosystems. We want to explore how organizations are working to achieve this goal. How far are we from solving some of the problems with the current production patterns? Which solutions have already been developed and are ready to use? And how can a technology like aquaporins contribute to achieving more sustainable production patterns? To get a better idea of the size of the problem and its consequences, where better to start than with an Indian organization located in the epicenter of one of the largest global water challenges, an organization working to decrease water pollution and water scarcity. We speak to Anurag Mutgal from India H2O, who will explain more about their project and why it is a necessary step towards a more sustainable future. 
Hi, Anurag. Thank you so much for taking your time to talk to us today. Can you start by telling us about India H2O and what you work with? Sure, Madam. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, opportunity to interact with uh, you. So this project is all about uh, low-cost treatment of uh, different categories of wastewater that comes from underground, underground saline water may have uh, this water may have different uh, unhygienic, unhygienic constituents in it like heavy metals, salinity and some other. Second category is industrial wastewater. There are several industries which, which consume lot of water in different processes. For instance, uh, textile industries. So for washing purposes and for coloring, they consume lot of water. And milk industry as well, dairy industries. So milk being a perishable item, so for cleaning of the equipment, they consume lot of water, even thousands of cubic meter of water every day. And most of the industries without any further treatment, they have a bad practice to release this water into open surface drains. And that is really a big challenge for environment. So this is the second category. And third category which we are working on is domestic wastewater. Uh, the water comes from bathrooms, flushes, so all that water. So our approach in this project is if we could discover some low-cost option to treat this wastewater, then there will be two advantages. One is that we will reduce impact on environment pollution because of this. And second is, if we could discover low-cost options, then uh, several industries will look forward to opt it. Because many of the processes at the moment are electricity-driven. And electricity being costly affair, so many industries don't go for that option. And they look via media to get rid of this wastewater and they, they release it into open drains. But if some really low-cost and user-friendly method and process we could devise, then we hope that many industries will come forward and they will go for this option. And for that sake, we are looking all renewable energy-driven solutions without using electricity and using other readily available, rather renewable energy sources like solar photovoltaic, solar thermal, wind energy, geothermal energy. So as the case may be, whatever sort of energy is available. And this, these processes will even work where electricity is not there, like in a country like India. So there are several rural uh, locations where electricity is either not at all there or it is very intermittent. So even at those remote places, we can use this facility. So that's the whole idea of this project. And in this episode, we exactly talk about industrial water pollution, for example, the textile industry, as you mentioned as well, but also other industries such as automotive manufacturing and water scarcity. Can you elaborate on this problem around the world? Yeah, for sure. So in this, uh, in this consortium only, we have uh, 21 partners altogether. Intentionally, we had two industries as a consortium partner. One is textile industry called Jindal Worldwide Textile. They consume 1000 cubic meter water every day. 
another industry is madhur dairy that this is franchises of amol dairy so this is a very famous name this state of gujarat is known for white revolution came with amol decades back this industry again used thousand thousands cubic meter of water every day for different purposes and there are thousands of such industries we kept these industries in our consortium so that whatever process we discover we can make experiments in real field with the real water if you look at uk it is a huge bunch of i am i am missing the name of the place probably manchester so they have lot of textile industries and lot of uh, dairy industries as well talk about your your place denmark so it is it is filled with the dairy industries so if we could devise any process which is not electricity driven to make it low cost and if we could club it with renewable energy sources so this will be this may be applied at any location of the world so that is the beauty of this project and uh, we are very optimistic uh, that we will find some good results out of it so when we talk about industrial water pollution and water scarcity where is the problem the worst uh, and why it will be a difficult question for me so wherever there is a cluster of such industries so for instance if i look at india so in in the state of gujarat where i am working there is a city called ahmedabad so in ahmedabad and another city is surat so these are called mini manchester because this uh, industrialization and uh, in this the textile industry is starts incepting from these two cities and there are at least hundreds of such industries so the river era rivers around and the lakes around they are flooded with colored water because of this for uk obviously manchester should be an example i am not sure about uh, where, where is the hub of dairy industries in denmark but for sure denmark being a uh, maximum producer of milk they they must be processing this and there must be such problem in short if we are able to treat this water which otherwise not go waste but pollute environment further leading to water pollution and uh, air pollution if we could make it clean or recyclable so at at one side we will reduce impact of this unwanted pollution to the environment on other side we will save precious groundwater otherwise industry keep on pulling the groundwater and everybody knows that uh, the level of underground water is depleting day by day so there are several examples that cities are vacating because of the scarcity of drinking water so this will reduce the impact on groundwater as well so this is a win win position for everyone can you elaborate further what the consequences are for humanity and nature see in the in the present era when we are facing this pandemic covid so such unhygienic sources and uh, water especially is a unique commodity which is very very essential for all human beings impact are huge impacts are huge air and water if you if you look at the basic requirements so air and water these are 
two things which will come at top and these are human rights also this is in human rights everyone everyone on this earth has a natural right of having good quality of air and good quality of water to consume so impact is huge this this impact each and every individual not a, a special community or a specific society it is related to it is concerned with everyone and how does uh, india h2o approach this problem what solutions do you consider and offer yeah so our basic purpose is as i told you that most of the processes which are available mostly they are electricity driven so it has two constraints one is the because of electricity use the process become costly because electricity is the costliest source of energy this is number one number two is we cannot apply any uh, filtration or pressure driven or any water treatment process where electricity is not there so in india as to what we are bringing we are trying to couple different sources of energy which are naturally available at no cost like solar it will come every day it will set in the evening so if we could uh, devise such which could couple uh, these uh, water treatment processes with this natural source of energy this will sort out lot of issues so this is our main agenda this is the bottom line of this project called low cost and renewable energy driven water treatment options to make it affordable and to make it in reach of each community each and every community in the world how far are we in solving this problem and what are the prospects so uh, there are several uh, innovative things which we are attempting in this there are a special kind of membranes which uh, our consortium partner ecoporin they are providing us the special membrane called high flux hollow fiber membranes hffo membranes so these are unique of its kind and through this project these membranes are being tried and if they succeed then they'll start marketing it similarly we are trying to uh, bring an unique integration of different processes including solar photophantan process which count on solar radiation and it can make colored water into transparent water it break the color pigment and if this colored water which is coming out from textile industry if we could decolorize it or make it transparent at least this water may be used for a textile industry own purposes and we can recycle and reuse it we are trying electrodialysis process also which will run on uh, solar photovoltaic mechanism so and we are we are, we are uh, working deeply on integrated hybrid batch reverse osmosis forward osmosis and we are trying different categories of membranes in it so at at one end at one side we are attempting to make the process low cost at the other end we are trying to increase the recovery ratio and recovery ratio is that if we put 1 liter of raw water or 1000 ml of raw water for treatment then what percentage of it comes out as a treated water for instance say if i get half liter then recovery ratio is 0.5 so with traditional continuous uh, reverse osmosis processes recovery ratio is not much not more than uh, 55 
through these projects we are trying to increase recovery ratio to above 80% and what 15-20% will come out as a reject we are attempting uh, to grow some halophytic crops with our with the help of our Israeli partners called Salicornia these are salty crops and they take the saline uh, salinity from the soil and water so we are working on that model also simultaneously to make it a zero liquid discharge so uh, and we have uh, 1800 kilometer coastline of Gujarat state is our prime target to deal with uh, so Gujarat state has 1800 kilometer coastline where conditions are already very saline because of sea uh, so we are working there we have adopted one village over there we are uh, going to install our facilities to demonstrate in real field we are targeting recovery ratio to 80-85% and whatever 15-20% reject comes with a highly contaminated and highly saline brine that also we are attempting as I told you to grow some salicornia crops and this will uplift the livelihood of uh, the farmers or the community residing over there and the other ways they don't have much options because of high saline, saline conditions they have much options to grow so these, these are all uh, outcomes probable outcomes of this project thank you anurag it was really interesting to hear and it sounds like you're working hard to to try to solve this problem thank you so much for taking your time and to talk to us thank you thank you mate As Anurag Mutgal explains, water is becoming an increasingly scarce resource in India and therefore the demand for wastewater treatment solutions across various sectors is continuously increasing. He also mentions that India H2O uses a membrane technology developed by Aquaporin for wastewater treatment. Aquaporin's technology allows, for example, textile factories to recover up to 95% of their wastewater and ultimately achieve zero liquid discharge. Improving the efficiency of industrial wastewater treatment creates opportunities to reuse water, reduce energy consumption and decrease disposal costs. We speak to Søren Robenhain, sales director in the industrial water team at Aquaporin, to get a better understanding of Aquaporin's nature-based technology for industrial wastewater. We will also speak to his colleague, Adash Raj, Global Account Manager. We talked to Anurag Mujal from India H2O, and he mentioned that the membrane technology developed by Aquaporin is being used in the project Søren, can you explain how this technology works and what it contributes to in India? Thank you. Yeah, at Aquaporin, I uh, just first want to mention we are very proud to be part of the India H2O project. Uh, we believe it's an excellent platform to showcase our technology, uh, not only in India, but also other uh, places. So um, the technology, what sets the uh, aquaporin membranes uh, apart from other technologies is that the, we have this unique integration of the aquaporin proteins in the membranes. This uh, allows for a better filtration of contaminants uh, while at the same time being very energy efficient. Um, basically, we're using the principle uh, of nature uh, and the way that nature treats water. Um, 
by using these uh, proteins. The proteins are found in all uh, living organisms and help transport water across cell membranes. You can imagine a tree transporting many liters of water a day uh, from its uh, roots to the top without using electricity. This is basically what we want to replicate with uh, this technology. And by that we can be more uh, energy efficient and, uh, and, and there's a lot of other advantages as well. Furthermore, we see uh, in India uh, how rivers and water bodies are being polluted uh, and at the same time they are crucial as social cultural symbols of the Indians. Uh, they uh, basically live uh, by, at uh, and from the rivers. Um, so we want to be part of cleaning up the, the rivers and uh, ensure a better uh, living standard in India. And Adarsh, can you give us an overview over how big a problem industrial wastewater is and what the consequences are? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but first off, it's important to understand that uh, the problem of industrial wastewater is a, a nexus of many factors. It's not just about water, but also chemicals, carbon emissions and infrastructural challenges. At its core, uh, untreated effluents being discharged into natural water bodies has always and already been connected to a host of problems, both uh, environmental and human health. Although industries and manufacturers have become more conscious about it, many industrial hubs, especially in Southeast Asian countries, still prefer to just discharge their wastewater to local water bodies. This in turn forces the population to invest heavily in infrastructure just to produce water, which can be consumed or reused. And wastewater treatment plants, while being a, a big investment in themselves, are also environmental polluters themselves. The energy itself, the electricity required to run these plants and treat the wastewater, in turn contributes to immense carbon emissions, uh, thus taking us further away from being sustainable and circular. At Aquaporin, we aim to not just save water from being discharged without treatment uh, in the first place, but also uh, presenting a more carbon conscious and flexible solution to address these challenges. When we visited Aquaporin, Mass showed us around and he talked about the textile industry. Could you use the textile industry as an example of how big a problem it is with the industrial wastewater? Sure. I mean, the textile industry is, uh, is as we all know, a, a huge uh, consumer of water, but also a huge polluter of, uh, of water bodies because uh, you use a lot of chemicals, uh, dye stuff, etc. Et so this is why textile is a very good example of an industry where there's a huge opportunity for us to help clean up uh, and make it more sustainable. Can you also explain how aquaporin solutions for industrial wastewater can contribute to exploring solutions for the SDGs? For example, SDG 12, responsible consumption and production, and also the sub-targets such as 12.4 and 12.5. Sure, but it's not only uh, SDG Goal 12 that we are addressing. Uh, I like also to mention that we are addressing uh, the Goal 6, which is uh, clean water and sanitation. Uh, more specifically, the target uh, 6.3 and 6.4, where by ensuring a better water quality through a better treatment of wastewater. Uh, and thereby also an increased uh, recycling of, uh, of water, which in the end leads to uh, a better water uh, use efficiency. We also see uh, a huge opportunity uh, to address uh, target 7, which is uh, on clean energy, because by reducing the energy consumption for water treatment, Using our technology, we can help uh, the, the, the factories to be more energy efficient and uh, lower the carbon footprint. 
uh, even up to 40%. You mentioned uh, SDG goal 12, responsible consumption and production. And here, uh, a good example is actually a test that we're running at the moment in uh, Hungary, where we try to recover valuables like uh, nutrients uh, from municipal wastewater treatment. Uh, these uh, nutrients can be reused as uh, fertilizers. So this is an example of how we uh, change a traditional linear uh, approach to a more circular approach. I would say the SDG goals uh, that you mentioned, um, all of them have always been a a core value uh, of of what we do since we started. So uh, we're constantly working with the SDG goals and to see how can we address uh, the, the different goals. Adash, can you go more into depth with some industry-specific challenges with regards to wastewater treatment and how does this affect the local population and communities around them? Yes, that's a good question because first off, uh, there are no standards when it comes to industrial wastewater. No two different industries will have the same type of uh, wastewater. And treatment plants for these industries consist of different technology combinations uh, customized for the specific application. For example, waters produced by textile factories would be radically different in composition than that of a chemical factory. Uh, While some industries like, say, sugar refineries might be able to discharge their wastewater post some standard physical chemical treatments, other industries like petrochemicals, for example, need specialized steps uh, like solvent stripping and membrane purifications. If not properly treated, any of these wastewaters, as is the case still in many industries today, these contaminants eventually find their way into our food chains and essentially killing us slowly. WHO says around 13 million deaths annually are attributed to living and working in unhealthy environments, with water pollution and uh, chemical exposure playing a big role in it. So despite being major profit centers, cash cows, industrial clusters have been shown to affect local population and health around it negatively. Fast retail is convenient, of course, both for the consumers and for mass production. But the sad reality is it comes at the cost of environmental and human well-being. We are definitely moving towards a more responsible manufacturing, but uh, the baseline is we still have a long way to go. Yeah, so as you say, we have a long way to go and Agroporin is trying to solve these challenges. Søren, can you comment a bit on what Agroporin is uh, working to do? I think um, key to this question is uh, working with stakeholders on a broader perspective, uh, not only working with the factories directly, uh, us trying to sell uh, our solutions to the factories. I think we need to look at a broader perspective and work with all the different stakeholders that are involved. If we look at, for example, India, which is a global manufacturing hub, not only for textile that you just mentioned, but also many other industries like pharma, metals, chemicals and so on. That means, of course, a lot of wastewater and pollution. But luckily, India is also uh, applying some of the, the strictest regulations in terms of how to, uh, to deal with the wastewater and, and how to discharge it. Uh, they have these uh, zero legal discharge regulations in a number of states. So what we do is uh, we try to, uh, to connect all these stakeholders. So we work both uh, with the, at the factory level, with the factory uh, managers uh, dealing with the, the wastewater, 
of course, also at higher level, sea uh, level in the factories. But we also work with the brands behind them, uh, like fashion brands, but also some of the other brands behind, for example, chemical uh, factories and so on. And then we work with different government uh, organizations, industrial uh, organizations and so on. We need to address all of them and to address the problem and try and get all of them work together. What we have done is uh, we've participated, for example, in uh, UN's SDG Accelerator Program here in Denmark. Um, the outcome of that was that we uh, found out we need to focus on the textile industry because there's a huge uh, issue here and there's a, a, a good match with our technology. Thereafter, we have uh, worked hard to be part of the Fashion for Good uh, South Asia Innovation Program, which exactly uh, addresses these uh, issues in the textile industry. Under this program, we will work together with uh, fashion brands, factories, as well as uh, other stakeholders to try and address um, a more sustainable textile production. But we have also, uh, we're very proud that we've also been selected to, uh, to join uh, the Sea Ganga program, which is uh, an Indian program uh, looking at, uh, or with the purpose of cleaning up the, the Ganga River, which is a very important uh, water body for millions of uh, Indians. Um, and here we are to help them prove that we can uh, find a more uh, efficient and energy, especially energy efficient way to treat uh, wastewater so it's not polluting the river. So basically uh, we do more than just selling a product. We try to work with all the stakeholders. Uh, we try to create awareness about the, uh, the problem, but also of course on how we can uh, try and help uh, solve this uh, uh, issue, not only in India, but globally. Yes, so there is probably a long road ahead of us, but it's good to hear that Agroporin is trying to solve these problems. Søren and Adarsh, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. You're welcome. So there are different solutions to the problems and programs working to solve them. Still a way to go, but Agroporin is working with some of the SDG goals and integrating them as core values. This was the third episode of the podcast series Water X Future, presented by Aquaporin. Next month, we dive into revolutionary technologies based on nature. Biomimicry is a practice that learns from and mimics the strategies found in nature to solve human design challenges. An example of this is how Aquaporin uses the natural Aquaporin protein to purify water. The protein was discovered by physician scientist Peter Agra, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 2003. You can hear him tell his story in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back soon.